Thanks for listening to The Career Planning Show, hosted by Alex Rishkanu and sponsored by Staples Studio. You can listen to a new episode every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform where podcasts are played. If you'd like to ask a question, please submit it at www.rascanu.com forward slash The Career Planning Show. James Muhato serves as Foreign Qualification Recognition Officer within the Government of PEI's Department of Workforce and Advanced Learning. Born in Kenya, he moved to Canada in 2009 to pursue a Bachelor of Business Administration at University of PEI. Following his graduation, he worked as Policy Analyst and Regional Coordinator with the Government of PEI's Department of Innovation and Advanced Learning then Research and Program Analyst at the Crown Corporation Innovation PI, and has been serving in his current role at the Department of Workforce and Advanced Learning for the last three years. James is passionate about business and entrepreneurship and has a natural curiosity for understanding how things work. James is someone I collaborated with while serving on two government task forces relating to international and interjurisdictional labor mobility for individuals working in regulated professions. I was representing the government of Nova Scotia, and he was representing the government of PEI. I really enjoyed learning more about his career journey and hearing his career development insights. Listen to them for yourself. Welcome to the Career Planning Show. Our guest today is James Muhato. How are you, James? I'm very well, thank you, Alex. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. James, would you be so kind to walk us through your career journey so far? Oh yeah, my career journey began in 2009 when I first came to Canada. I attended UPI as an international student. This was my first time coming abroad and first time in winter when I arrived in December. Uh, mm-hmm. to start in the January semester. And it, there's usually a big storm that happens right around December. So that was my first experience in Canada. Oh, there's a snowstorm that uh, is a normal <laughs> thing. Um, I attended the University of get my Bachelor's in Business Administration with a co-op designation. And I guess my journey can be best summed is when you go into a new country, I took the approach of I should try my best to integrate into Canadian culture and yes. Canadian work. I was coming from... Africa, like or Kenya specifically, like a lot of international students, there was an obvious need to work. So I worked off campus at a restaurant for almost six years until after my graduation. I was lucky mm. to work with Boston Pizza. And mm. that was my introduction to Canadian work life and understanding the systems and a lot of the nuances of the Canadian work environment. So that was my first exposure to work life in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate um, that my university did offer a co-op program. And in my second, going to my third year, I was fortunate to land a job with a crown corporation called Innovation PEI. Mm. And I think if most people, what they know about PEI is it's a small province. And this really worked towards my benefit in terms of being able to communicate and have a very easy, fluid working relationship with my coworkers. 
in my work environment, we had a whole department in a building or a floor, but you're able to communicate and touch on a lot of files hmm. that interact with each other. That was almost my first official working experience in Canada was with this Crown Corporation. Hmm. And they focused on business development. My role was mostly in a support kind of administrative role when that started. And with time, I was able to progress to actually being able to work on programs in a more supportive role and become a bit more involved. That's great. Um, and what happened after that? I ended up working with them for a number of years through each co-op term. Because of the nature and the structure of the government, I was able to just switch roles within departments. And this allowed me to touch on uh, yeah, different roles, different responsibilities, but also a lot of different perspectives of how to serve the public. And that is one thing that I'm entirely and completely grateful to the PI government. Within a small community, you do have access to all these people. And mm-hmm. Islanders, for their part, are extremely welcoming and always willing to offer you the advice you need or answer your questions. So within this environment, I was able to touch on a few roles. And when I did graduate, I ended up working full-time for the government. And this was in 2013. That's great. Mm -hmm. My role at that time mostly focused on program development. It used to be called a community access program. And the work was to deliver internet services and technology services to rural communities around the island. And this Mm. was extremely involving and eye-opening in terms of actually getting that one-on-one interaction Mm. with the islands. It was further a privilege to be able to work at that level and actually trying to address needs of islanders in every single day. From there, I did end up going back to work with Innovation PEI. I got to work with a lot of young piloting businesses, Innovation PEI, and the team deliver an ignition program. And this Mm. is geared primarily at new businesses looking to pilot their products and it provides an incubation space for them to be able to develop their ideas further. They also deliver a development and commercialization fund, which is for more established businesses looking to scale their operations. Mm. Being able to work with these people one-on-one was instrumental in my understanding of how businesses work and how relationships work to develop businesses. That's a great experience. And that was in Charlottetown or was it in other parts of the province as well? It was mostly located in Charlottetown. Was there any other role that you took on after that, which then led you to the current one? Yeah, I got bit by the bug of going back to school. So I did go back to school for a semester in computer science. And that ended up being a whole adventure of of being an undergraduate student again. I didn't end up completing that degree, but I ended up coming back into the workforce. And that's how I ended up uh, in my current role. Because they they were looking for someone with programming experience, but equally the immigration background and the development background as well. That's great. Let's speak about the foreign qualification recognition officer role. What does it mean to do this kind of work? What does the role entitle? What impact are you able to have through mm-hmm. your current work? Yeah, as a province like uh, PEI, a priority is being able to ensure that immigrants and skilled workers are able to find work that is matching their skills, abilities, and knowledge. And this priority is really, a foundation of this priority is being able to recognize credentials. This means that if you are an individual who is trained in a specific field in your country and you came to Canada, specifically PEI, there are mechanisms in place to have your credentials recognized so that you can actually positively and to the best of your ability contribute to the island community, but also benefit yourself in terms of income and responsibility. That's in a nutshell 
what that work is or what that work involves. It's That's really- great. And you do end up sitting on a couple of national task forces. You mm-hmm. do end up being involved with some grants programs that uh, facilitate the integration of newcomers. Would you mind speaking about some of the those aspects of your role? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, foreign qualification recognition is based on four principles, and it's fairness, timeliness, transparency, and consistency. Mm. And so that is a foundation of creating a standard system across the province and the country more broadly. So FQR is a national program, and it's an initiative by the government of Canada to ensure that immigrants that come into the country are able to positively con- contribute to the Canadian economy. And mm. This also happens to be a, a program that works in partnership with ESDC mm-hmm. I think at the federal level. It, it works from a federal level to working with provinces as well. So it touches the entire country. And there is participation from across the country in these conversations of how can we best utilize the skills of immigrants and newcomers coming to Canada but how can we also on the other side of that ensure that they are happy and they are able to feel like they contribute positively to the economy but also to their social well-being. That's great and as you're doing your uh, role in the area of foreign qualification recognition Mm -hmm. uh, my assumption is that you get to interact with other aspects of the government of Prince Edward Island and you get to have a grasp of what are perhaps some other programs or resources that are in place which facilitate the integration of newcomers into PEI. Do you have any general thoughts about what some of those resources are? Yeah, uh, the province of Prince Edward Island does have a priority on being able to settle and retain as many immigrants that come into the province. And I I guess right off the bat, when you say settle and retain, it sounds very mathematical or insensitive way of phrasing that. It's just that if skilled immigrants do come into the province, there is a priority to make sure that they are able to work, that they're able to positively contribute to the economy and to themselves as an individual. But also, if you look at Prince Edward Island, it's greater than the sum of its parts. So it's almost that you're, you're integrating best into a community where you serve the community, but also you get something back, being able to work in the community and positively contribute. In that light, there are services across every department that deal with the aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And I have mostly been exposed to the economic side of that. Through Innovation PEI, there are a series of programs that are geared towards helping entrepreneurs specifically also immigrant entrepreneurs build and set the foundations for their businesses. There is also the Department of Economic Growth, Tourism and Culture, which is the department I work in. It has that specific focus on economic well-being and economic growth of all islanders. There are other services that happen through Work PEI, Mm -hmm. the government-based job board that allows any individual within the province to search for jobs that are very locally focused. It's very much geared at employers and linking those employers to the general population. So I would highly recommend that as a resource. Equally, we do have Skills PEI, which is an employment-based agency, and Mm -hmm. they help individuals be able to economically integrate into the system of Canada. They do work on career skills. So they are able to provide support if you're going to school or if you're going to pick up a specific training course that you would need to do, making sure the individual is able to succeed. Okay, that's great. I'm intrigued about your story of having 
graduated from high school in Kenya, Mount Kenya Academy. And once you、um, arrived here and you pursued higher education, you were able to fairly smoothly integrate into the labor force. And not only that, you've been able to progressively get more and more involved in the work that government does in supporting others. Pursue meaningful careers that are aligned with some of their past experience.、Mm-hmm. While I come from a different country as an immigrant, I did end up coming here halfway through high school and then pursued university studies in Toronto. And from that, one thing led to another, I ended up in a, a role similar to yours.、Mm-hmm. If you were to go back and speak to someone, At Mount Kenya Academy, the high school that you attended in Kenya,、mm-hmm. and they were trying to figure out how they should think about their careers. Someone who is as young as that may want to simply identify a few areas where they have some skills, where they have some passion, and then based on that, choose higher education. But do you have any other thoughts? Beyond that, what kind of advice would you give them if you could be talking with them today?、Mm-hmm. Looking back to my experience, maybe it wouldn't be so applicable now in some sense because so much time has passed and COVID nineteen has really changed how we look at employment and career goals and career focusing and what you'd like to do not for the rest of your life but what would I do to earn money and how、yes. do I best apply myself? Yes,、so、I suppose the first piece of advice I would give is don't panic. <laughs> But、take the time to understand the skills and talents that you hold within yourself, and understand how those skills apply to the workforce that you're going into eventually. It, it does involve a bit of internal reflection and、yes. a look at this is what I'm good at and this is what I'm not so good at, and how do those skills best match the work environment that I'm going into. This should work as a guide for the education or for the career planning. If I just specifically go back to the case of Me going back to school to gain my computer science degree, I had the best of intentions. And <laughs> the best. I was very energetic and very excited to do this, and a friend of mine had done the program, and he would always speak highly of it. I'm kind of computer savvy. I understand how to code. I understand a bit of that, but it's a completely different world when you're immersed in it, and you have to consistently. Tap into those parts of yourself that require success in whatever field you're in. <laughs> so that is always an awareness where I found out I'm not the best at sitting alone for two, three hours and having to consistently work on like a section of code. I would give the advice that you take the time to understand yourself and know what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and also give yourself the time to address them. And、hmm. Give you time to improve them and also improve yourself in that. The world we're in now allows you access to so many professionals directly, and I would highly encourage anyone to directly reach out, pick up the phone, even through LinkedIn, just message someone with, and be open to that feedback. Be open to someone not responding to you, but also at the same time understand that you are trying to place yourself in the best position of understanding. As to how you should guide the rest of your life,、so mm. take the time to talk to as many people as you can. I personally attribute a lot of the reasons I was able to get to where I am because of the network, the advice and support that I have received, not only from key individuals through my life process in Canada, 
The last one I would kind of focus on is don't beat yourself up. It's a consistent process of looking at yourself and being able to understand the value that you're able to provide to an organization. So mm. it's, yeah, take, take the time to appreciate that this is a process that is continuous and that you don't have to get it all right all the time. So just build and keep working at it. That's great. And keeping with the theme of you don't need to get it right every time, that's the kind of story that we find in the realm of entrepreneurship. And you do have some experience advising uh, businesses with respect to growth opportunities and resources that can support them on that front based on your work with the government of PEI. If someone was in a job right now and had a passion side project that they were building, mm-hmm. a side hustle, they might yeah. call it, and they were trying to identify what kind of resources are available to them, uh, whether mm-hmm. those resources are provided by government or any other entities, picturing a business in Charlottetown, someone doing a side hustle in Charlottetown, trying to figure out how to scale. Are there any thoughts that you have with regards to tools and resources that they should consider accessing? Yes, actually, <laughs> the biggest resource is obviously the internet. There is tons of valuable and extremely relevant information on the internet. To my previous point of being able to talk to people, I would talk to anyone who you know who's an entrepreneur, who you respect and you have that relationship with that you can ask them a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me personally, through my career in government, I have been able to directly tap a lot of individuals, including my current supervisor, all my supervisors and managers throughout my career have been people who have been fortunate to be able to tap them in terms of understanding that you're trying to get from point A to point B. Mm. And this person has a different perspective and a different approach. And in a lot of times has more experience and can clarify and really focus in on what needs to be done. Side hustles begin with, especially if it's a business and you're going down the entrepreneur path, it has a bit of passion that comes into play. So you have an idea that you're passionate about, the light bulb, the bulb goes off and this is a genius idea, it'll make us money, it'll be so fun to do. Once that kind of fades and the reality sets in, everything comes down to what can you put on paper and what can you actually deliver. Hmm. And for this, I would really encourage anyone in Canada to, if you have a business development agency in your province or an employment related agency in your province, just reach out to them directly and say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm thinking. Is it okay if I have a few minutes? And if that's not the right person, can you please direct me to someone who can help me out with this? Mm. What you're trying to do is open a crack in the door. And that's yeah. just enough to let you in. And you can actually see what it's like in the room. And if you don't like it, then you can say maybe entrepreneurship is not for me. Tap those individuals who can almost formulate your idea into an actual business concept. Mm. At the end of the day, the end goal of entrepreneurship may not be to make money in case you're trying to open a non-for-profit or you're trying to launch a community-driven venture, but there is an operational part that is financially demanding. So mm. that question eventually mm. has to be answered. And mm. it's really helpful if you can start the mental process of thinking about what that would look like. Mm. You're surrounding yourself with people who want you to succeed. Then yeah. The advice will come from a purely supportive place. Yes, and, they, and that's the kind of feedback that you need. Well, we've been able to touch on your career journey. We've talked about 
the foreign qualification recognition officer role, which you're in right now. Mm-hmm. We talked about some career development ideas mm-hmm. that you laid on the table. And we also talked a little bit about entrepreneurship and some resources that the provincial government is able to provide. Mm-hmm. Are there any other thoughts or any ideas or resources that you might want to highlight that relate to career development that we haven't had the chance to discuss so far? Is there a website or a book or someone who inspires you in this space or anything that comes to mind when it comes to the area of career development that that we could highlight? Um, I get a lot of my inspiration from the people who are around me, whether it's my managers, my directors, our ministers. A lot of times in government, these are people who are serving the general public and other citizens. So like it's, it comes from a very selfless place, but you also have that drive and that energy to progress and do better in your job. So a lot mm. of my inspiration comes from a lot of those individuals. Yes. But also I would say podcasts, I would highly recommend understanding how you learn as an individual, which mm. is something that took me a long time to figure out. <laughs> I would say learn how you best absorb information, and how you best process work. You should expect the hiccups and failure along the way, but those are things you have to push through. Mm-hmm. So always get yourself that positive kind of reinforcement that this is a process, this is a journey you're going through. In terms of books, I would highly recommend just going into your local bookstore and going down the self-help section or the entrepreneurship section. Actually, it doesn't matter which section you're interested in on the nonfiction side, just pick a book that looks cool. My approach to buying books is, man, that's a cool title. I will buy that book. I, I rely a lot of my knowledge on perspectives of different people and trying to understand how people think because at the end of the day, my role in government is serving the public. Mm-hmm. So understanding how different people think or process information is, I find it a key asset. The last one is, yeah, I, I fundamentally believe this is all a process. So give yourself love and time and Hmm. be patient with yourself. Yeah, Hmm. that's how I would end. Great. Well, thank you so much, James. I appreciate having you on the Career Planning Show. It's been very insightful. Oh, my pleasure. We record the Career Planning Show in the podcast booth inside the Staples Studio co-working space located in Midtown Toronto, Canada. Staples Studio not only offers a safe space to work with desks, offices, private phone booths and meeting rooms, They are also connected to the Staples Store, where they have everything you need under one roof. With locations across Canada, Staples Studio is a community to help you work, learn, and grow. To learn about their co-working space locations, pricing, and amenities, visit studio.staples.ca and book a virtual tour. Thank you for listening to The Career Planning Show, hosted by Alex Rashkanu and sponsored by Staple Studio. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, rate it, and share it with a friend.